Welcome back to The Balance Beam. I'm your host, Nikita Thigpen, and of course, I am completely excited and full of energy today. This has been an amazing day already. The last few weeks have been exponentially out of control with wonderfulness, and I'm excited. And today, I get to bring you someone else who is just as wonderful as all this excitement and energy has been bringing us to the balance beam. Um, It has not been a while. We've been coming out weekly for almost 13, 14 weeks now. And this gentleman is a major expert in the communications, time management, sales training arena. And he brings all things awesome to the balance beam. Mark Sordas, welcome to the balance beam. Thank you very much. Good morning. Good morning. I'm excited to see you. I was just joking with Mark right before we got started that at this morning's 5 a.m. Wake and Breakthrough Periscope, I totally jacked up his last name. Y'all know, I'm like the speaker who doesn't always speak correctly because I have all these Nikita-isms. It's all right. Don't judge me. Just love me. Doesn't matter. But Mark was gracious enough to accept my apology for jacking up his name, and he corrected me with a gracious smile. So thank you for that. Tell everybody a little bit about you, Mark. Oh, my name is Mark Sordos. I come from New Jersey, and I own Sordos Communications Group. It's a consulting firm that we do seminars and coaching on sales and time management and goal setting. So that is our big focus. Awesome. Something caught my attention on your LinkedIn profile. Um, You wrote, was it a book or a white paper? I don't want to mess that up. Um, On saying no and how to say no to your prospects and and potential clients. Well, I've actually written several books, and that was one of the ideas um, in the time management arena. You know, sometimes, a lot of times people will ask people that will never say no. And there are times at work or in life where you just have to say, no, I, I, I can't fit it in. I can't do it. And, and a lot of times uh, other people, they can do it for themselves, but they know that if they ask you, you won't say no. So uh, one of the things that, you know, as simple as it sounds that we work with sometimes on coaching people is just like when it comes to coworkers, you, ha- you have to say no. You know, you can't talk about last night's episode of The Walking Dead. You have work to do. Or, no, you can't send out that email that you could just as easily send out yourself. They have to be polite about it and, you know, political about it. But once you get them, you have to actually train the other people that, you know what, you're not going to do it just simply because they asked you. And over time, they'll get the message and stop asking you. And that'll actually save you time in the long run by saying no. Absolutely. We have a lot in common. So I talk a lot about boundaries in business. It's really important whether you're an entrepreneur or running a corporate organization or in a corporate organization or nonprofit, you have to make sure that you're really clear. You teach people how to treat you. And that's what you're saying. You know, like the first few no's might feel a little awkward and feel uncomfortable and the other person may have some kind of reaction, but eventually they'll understand if you're respectful in the process, um, making sure you're clear about that. That's that's an excellent point. And especially if it's something that they could easily do themselves. You know, a lot of times they'll just out of habit ask you because you'll do it for them. Um, Now, so that's one of the big things. It's just saying no and, and being able to 
to know what is important to, to your job. Whether you're working for somebody or you're the business owner, you have to focus on the most important things that drive the business. And what happens is most of us spend time with all these interruptions and we're putting out fires rather than preventing them. And then you look up and it's five o'clock or whatever your day is and you're like, where did it go? No, that's a good point. It's priority management, right? Separating those important things from the urgent things, because those important things become urgent if we don't handle them correctly. Um, You're 100% right. I think a lot of people struggle, whether they're running a business in a business or working for one, doesn't matter. People do have a difficult time saying a firm no. Um, And sometimes their yeses come without thinking about them you know like I said yes to something that maybe I should have said no to maybe I shouldn't have but I didn't even think about it I was just on autopilot with my yes and now I'm all stressed out and tired and I don't have any energy for my family when I get home or if I'm on my way to work now I don't have any energy because I'm doing way too much at home whatever it is they're literally pun intended they're off balance because of that. So I appreciate that you are offering this value in the universe. So there are 7 billion people um, who need help with it. <laughs> True. It's awesome. So what about you? What do you do for your time management? Uh, well, I work out of the home. Mm-hmm. So uh, I have to be very careful that I, you know, since I could be working any time of the day, that I, I separate them out. Uh, you know, so I have three kids from ages uh, 15 to nine, and I make it very clear, like, when the door's closed, I'm working. You know, unless the house is on fire, it's really not that important, right? But when, you know, my laptop is closed, you know, that's when you can ask me all the questions. I'll play a video game with you. We'll go outside, have a catch. You know, you can run around the house like a maniac. Um, you know, so they, they realize that there's just because I work out of the house doesn't mean I'm, like, available. You know, just like they wouldn't, their mom works out of the house. You know, you wouldn't call her 15 times a day to ask her, like, silly little questions. Mm-hmm. Um, but just because I'm here doesn't mean that, you know, I can answer those questions. You know, unless it's a truly important issue, I'm working. You know, so unless you unless you wouldn't call your mom about it, don't ask me about it. But at the same point, when I'm done working, I'm yours. You know, we'll we'll go school shopping. We'll you know whatever it is that you guys want to do. So I, I make definite like cutoffs. No, that makes sense. So you have your own boundaries, right, in your personal and professional life, and because you work from home, you do have to have some kind of clear. Um, Separators, and for yours, it's a, for you. It's a door, like being able to close your door and say, "This means I'm not accessible in this moment." And I think there is a difference between being accessible and being available. Like you're always available to your wife and your children. You know, they they have you on speed dial nine one one. If anyone can get through to you, that's the bat phone. They can get through to you. But you're not. You're to your point. You're not accessible when you're trying to 
create your legacy for your family. You have to be able to get in the zone and get focused. And that means um, telling your children, which can be also cute and annoying, um, no, don't knock on the door. Or if you knock, I'm not answering. And if I do have to answer, it's not going to be a funny, awesome response. <laughs> and, and just like with saying no, you know, I, I train them. You know, mm-hmm. they'll, they'll knock on the door anyway, but if you ignore it enough, they realize, you know what, I didn't really have that important of a question anyway. So then they realize to just stop knocking that I'm not going to answer anyway. Absolutely. You're also teaching them to be self-sufficient, you know, 15 through nine, you know, minus the nine year old for some situations, although they have their 15 year old to, to lean on a little bit, especially knowing that they are safe and they you're, you know, four feet away or 40 feet away. For the most part, you need to be able to use some internal resources and figure it out. You know, the milk was behind the water. It's okay. Move things out the way. I totally get that. So what do you do when you and your wife want to reconnect? I think the biggest thing um, is just shutting off the TV. Mm. You know, you get into a habit a lot of times. At the end of the day, you just sit down and, I mean, you can have your shows. I mentioned The Walking Dead before. <laughs> but a lot of times you just sit down and it's like, you know, there's 500 channels and you're flipping through them all and you're find something mildly interesting and no, you just got to shut it off uh it's the same thing with the kids you know um we might come into the bedroom just to you know talk or relax or whatever and we'll just tell the kids you know what good night you know you might be up for another half hour Mm -hmm. and we love you but we're saying good night now so you don't have to say good night again (laughs) um so that that's what I'll do. You know, we'll, we'll try to cut out the other distractions. I love the subtlety in that, Mark, where you're like, "Good night. Don't knock on the door, or you will find something you don't want." <laughs> I love the subtlety in that. You're like, "Good night." <laughs> that's awesome. Well, you have to have a healthy marriage, have healthy boundaries, healthy business. Um, it all coordinates. As I know, you are speaking at the Healthier You Conference this fall. You're excited? Yes, I am. I'll be speaking on uh, goal setting and time management. So I, I think the conference was very you know, excited about that topic also. Absolutely. And it's timely. It's fall. It's right before the holidays kick in. Um, and everyone has really, um, I don't want to say perverted priorities. But I do. I'm going to say perverted priorities. And I say that with love, um, not in the traditional way of the way perversion is taken. But it's because it's skewed based on their schedules now of putting holiday gifts and presents and running around and shopping um, on their list. And there's nothing wrong with that. I'm a huge, 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 huge giver. So I love it. And I love the holiday seasons. Um, But it can pervert your time. We're now things that would normally not be at the, in the top five or now like number one and pushing work to the side. They're at work on their computer looking for presents and doing different things. So I'm sure that comes up for you with your clients um, or at least your corporate clients from their end. Well, one of the big things is being where you are at the moment. Yeah. Um, one of the things that I do, and I can't remember the app off the top of my head because it's just stored on my computer is I'll block websites so that I, I can't let myself get distracted. Um, you know, for example, you know, I'll block uh, you know, eBay or Amazon or Yahoo. 
you know, this way I can work two or three hours and I'm not just, you know, let me go check who are the Yankees playing tonight or, you know, what what is that uh, stock price? Um, because people, they, they let them get, they, they're not where they are. You know, here, here's a good example. I, I went to a concert recently with my wife and I'm looking around at all the people that while the artist is playing, they're on their phone. Hmm. And it's like, you're at a concert. Just enjoy the concert. Be where you are at the moment. Um, so that that happens a lot. You know, I want to be, when I'm working, I'm working. And then when I'm not working, I'm done. I'm done with work. Right. Okay. And then I can go Christmas shopping or whatever else it is I have to do. And when I'm shopping, I don't want to be thinking about work. <laughs> I'm out there doing what I'm supposed to be doing. So a lot of people, they're they're never where they're supposed to be at that time. You know, they're at work thinking about, I can't wait to go on vacation. Mm-hmm. And then when they're on vacation, they're like, oh, I don't want to go back to work. You know what? While you're at work, think about that. When you're on your vacation, work doesn't exist. You know, you'll go back mm-hmm. on that Monday. Yeah, no, absolutely. You're talking about being engaged and being present. And that matters, especially with, to roll it back a few minutes, it matters the most with your children. Um, Your wife can handle you being disengaged a little bit and you can handle her being disengaged a little bit because we get it. We're adults, we're grown, we're mature, we understand that there are other things happening inside our heads that the other person may not be privy to. Um, But children don't get that. All they know is you weren't available for me when I needed you to be. Um, And sometimes you could be accessible literally in front of them playing catch or you know doing something but you're just not there and they can see it they know it they smell it um and i think that we can learn some of our our best lessons from them when we look into their eyes um i tell the story all the time it was one a pivotal moment for me and i am completely enthralled with the idea of balance and what that means and how there is no 50 50 and it's a a flexible agile walk that you're maintaining with whatever needs to be priority in your life but i remember years ago my daughter's my youngest is 14 now my oldest is 18 and a half Um, my youngest sat at the table for me and basically told me how awesome I was except she didn't have the the privilege to really get that from me because I wasn't there I'm like what are you talking about I'm at PTA I do homework with you I do this I do that you know I'm running down a a list of I carpool you to dance and I take you to recitals and I'm all and she's like yeah but you're not there you're really not you're there but you're not there and that hit me really hard you know here I am giving to the world and pouring out my soul as a speaker and advisor and consultant and all these different things and starting a business this is four plus years ago but when I'm doing all this I'm thinking I'm being awesome right building the legacy for my family and the people that I was building it for felt like they weren't a part of my world because I wasn't there I'm that woman who would I didn't even go to a concert but if I did that would be me like all right I heard this song before and you know be trying to reply to an email and just not having great separation um and it really stuck with me when my child pointed it out it took something personal to hit me and sometimes that happens but not for everyone because I'm assuming you work with clients where you can just do an assessment and look at the distractions based on what they tell you and what you're seeing and observing and say, okay, we need to cut this out without it being a personal, you know, moment, meaningful moment that changes that their crisis management moment. Well, a lot of people have the same issues. Um, you know, it's, it's not planning your day ahead of time. 
You know, so then you're simply reacting instead of being proactive. And of course, life always gets in the way, whether it's at home or at work, and they, they change your plans. But if you walk in with no plans whatsoever, you know, then you're just kind of like a boat adrift at sea. Um, people have problems saying no. People have problems just prioritizing. Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. There might be five things on your to-do list, but one of them is the most important to your job title, and that's why you're on the payroll, whether you're the owner or just an associate. Okay, that's what you need to be focusing on. But a lot of times, you know, we'll focus on what's three, four, or five, rather than what's the number one driver. So a lot of people, you know, they, they have the same, you know, another thing people do that I, I have to break them out of the habit is multitasking. Mm-hmm. So multitasking, the way that we think about it, it does not work because the brain is not meant to work like that. So if I was trying to, let's say, have this conversation and also in the corner trying to look at my emails, my brain is not fully engaged in either one because the same part of the brain is, is trying to focus on both of those and it can't. You know, that's why we get situations where, like, remember I told you that? Oh, yeah, I do. I remember now. You know why? Because you weren't, you weren't focused on it. You can have this conversation and, you know, I could fold laundry and be fully engaged on it because that's using two separate parts of the brain. But, like, at work, you know, we can't be having a conversation and reading our email at the same time. You know, that type of multitasking, it, it's really a myth. Your efficiency goes way down. And it also takes your t- your brain time to keep switching back and forth between these two different things. So you're losing all that time that you don't even realize. You know, you think you're like, oh, you, know, you got to multitask, get more things done. When really, you'd be better off having the conversation, fully engaged, saying goodbye, and then reading the emails, fully engaged, reacting to those, and then going on to the next step. Absolutely. I do remember there was a, it was some kind of news interview with Susie Orman, the money lady. Do you know Susie Orman? Do you know of her? Um, and I've, I remembered watching it and it was so mind boggling. Some of the things that she was talking about, she was talking about this point of the multitasking as a myth and your brain takes, I think, three plus minutes to switch between tasks. It was a really exciting Um, interview because the things that she was saying was kind of opposite of how you're trained in college. You know, the way that you're trained at the university level, pretty prestigious places are training you to do things just the opposite that this amazing, incredible expert was saying, no, that is a myth. You know, check with neurology, check, you know, go to the brain experts. They will let you know. So it's so it's wild to me that years after you've invested hundreds of thousands of dollars, that's all I'll say about that, into a university and you've learned things one way, not to say that you didn't walk away with great you know, information and knowledge and all that stuff, but some of the things that they were training you on how to be an expert or a professional in your own right were actually counterproductive to the way you're supposed to be. So it's, it's interesting to hear you as well as an expert in this field for time management and sales. Come up with that because I know that comes up for sales folk. They're, I mean, they're multitasking their client management resource systems and contacts and connections and a business development and all kinds of different hats and writing contracts. I know that has to be a major challenge for them. Well, what I think people don't realize is that you can multitask by working on several different tasks during the day. Mm-hmm. You 
work on them simultaneously. Mm -hmm. But I think that in today's business climate where, you know, we want more productivity with less people and less hours, you know, the, the simple thing, the simple answer is to multitask. And since they have not researched this or studied this, you know, they don't know that it's actually counterproductive to what they're asking. But it sounds very, you know, it makes sense on the surface until you know a little more about it. Absolutely. That makes a lot of sense. So here's a, a, a personal question for you, because you know this balance beam is all about. What do you do when you feel like you've been, you've got caught up in multitasking, not simultaneously, because I know you know better, um, but just throughout your day, you're, you're going through your list, you're, you're cutting it through, you're crushing everything on it but you really aren't focused on something that's really important. How do you refocus yourself? Like what's a strategy or technique that you use? Well, I think one of the big ways that I tell everybody to refocus themselves is to take breaks. You know, that's another thing that, uh, you know, we have gotten away from. You know, for example, I, I know it sounds very admirable to tie yourself to the desk for 10 hours and you have a good work ethic and you'll work through lunch. It doesn't work, though. The body doesn't work that way. You need to take frequent breaks to recharge. Even if it's like five minutes, just walk into like the conference room where there is nobody and just, I don't know, stare out the window and watch the traffic go by. You know, you need to take that five. You know, it's like your phone. You wouldn't, like, just never charge your phone again, right? Nobody would do that. It would, it would run out. But we'll do that with ourselves. Like, I'm too busy. I can't take a break. But then you come to the point of diminishing returns. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the more you keep pushing it and pushing it and pushing it, the less productive you are each hour. Whereas if you had just taken, you know, five minutes after two hours, another five minutes, you know, go for a walk. You work in a big building. Go walk around the building or go outside for a few minutes. Um, also, I always tell people to take their lunch and don't eat it at the desk. You know, again, that's you're not recharging. All you're doing is, you know, it, it's like a car that you just keep pushing and pushing. At some point, it breaks down. And I think that's why a lot of people have health problems, high blood pressure, stress, heart condition. They just keep pushing um, their body in a way that you wouldn't push like your car or other things. Absolutely. You'll end up with a stress-induced disease or diagnosis. Cardiovascular disease is one of those. You're 100% right. And people don't know until it hits them or someone really close to home that this is real. This isn't on the other side of the street. It could easily come and sit on your doorstep. And matter of fact, come swarming through your house if you're not really careful with how you take care of yourself. Um, You're using my language, Mark. When you talk about recharging, refueling, refocusing, all those things are really important to how you balance. If you balance your life, you can balance your profession and your business and be extra successful, not just average at it. We can all walk through and and be pretty average doing things inefficiently, but you want to be more than average so you can leave a bigger impact. But I want to bring you to something that you said that was really interesting when you brought up lunch, Uh, lunch at your desk. I know quite a few professionals who will eat lunch at their desk, not because they're trying to work so hard, because they might have paused to look at Facebook or Twitter or Pinterest or something else or Tumblr or whatever else is hot these days, um, dating myself a little bit. But they might have done that while they were eating lunch and not necessarily stayed working, but they weren't connected to the people around them. 
they didn't they didn't know how to get up and walk over to Susie or Sean's desk and say, hey, would you like to take lunch together? Let's have a conversation because they're sending emails to each other from across 50 feet. Like it's it's really getting out of control. No, I agree. I mean, you see people go out to dinner and they're both on their phones. And it's like, you can't put your phone away. I mean, it's amazing that we, I don't know, what's 100,000 years as a species. And in the last 10 years, now we can't get rid of the phone. We survived the, the last how many thousand generations without phones. And, and now, you know, you can't go to dinner without three people pulling out a phone. It's ridiculous. No, you brought up such a good point. So uh, there's an amazing woman. I love her. She's a French woman who um, resides in New York City named Deborah Asraf, and she owns Popcorn Productions. It's an amazing company. I love her to life. Um, She gave me a challenge almost a month ago to take one day a week, one day a week to completely unplug from my phone. I thought, I could do that. I could do that in my sleep when she said it. Until I tried it. <laughs> it is an amazing difference. So I had to put a parameter because for work, I do do a 5 a.m. periscope in the morning. And I have some other things that I have to check with our, our, our groups and where we're engaging with our clients and prospects and all those different things. And just our community in general. So I had to set a parameter that between 6 a.m. and 9 p.m. in that day that I wouldn't check anything. But, you know, because of my schedule, I needed to have that top morning and the end to kind of wrap things up and set reminders for the next day. And my little dumping process, my time management process is to dump out everything I have done great and awesome to reward myself and to set up the next day's schedule with the priorities, not a bunch of the tasks. So that was something I needed to do. But I will say that that six to nine was a challenge, Mark. Like that was, and I'm thinking like, I'm not somebody who's really into TV. I just found out about Sons of Anarchy, for God's sake. Like I, I've been like in the dark ages compared to most people with when it comes to that. But I definitely utilized my phone and it was hard, but it was refreshing. Her challenge was to unplug, just try it once, once a week for 60 days and see how it changes your life. And it does. I feel like I have, even though I'm still working, like I have the computer, you know, I have a landline phone. I have other things that I need to do, but not being connected to my smartphone with all the apps, like you said, and I don't play games or anything, but just checking this, checking that, using the icon of square to check stats and analytics and, you know, all the things that we do as business owners without having that type of access without having the notifications be a distraction for Facebook and Pinterest and whatever else. That was amazing. I felt like it was a little, a, like a miniature reboot. I won't necessarily say it was a complete recharge altogether, but it was definitely a reboot that I would encourage everyone to do. So I hear your point about unplugging and just being okay with putting the phone down at dinner or when you're with your intimate partner or with your children or with your parents. So just relax for 30 minutes. Right. No, it, it's, it's definitely true. It's just, you know, put the phone on vibrate. I mean, think about it, right? How many times have you had this absolutely urgent call that you needed somebody to be able to get in touch with you? It's rare. I've, I've never had it happen where it's like, oh, we've been trying to get you this. It, you know, it, it's usually just, you know, half the text you could probably delete and not change anything about the conversation anyway. <laughs> So just enjoy where you are. If you're at the movies, put the phone in your pocketbook and just watch the movie. Have a good time. 
Absolutely. You're making such a good point. I think the Healthier You Conference is going to be amazing in general, but by having this very important topic presented for three, four hundred people that will be there will be extraordinary because there's a lot of people walking around with a false sense of balance um, saying like, oh, I got this. I'm good. Um, I've even heard the opposite, which is Nikita, I'm sorry, but I am too focused on building to balance. That amazed me on every level. And granted, I'm biased and you're biased because we're aware, we're like super focused on it. We're super aware of time management, priority management, all that stuff. And that's not necessarily a super focus for most people. It's kind of like a thing that they know they need to do, but it's somewhere on the list of other things to get done. With that, that is our business. That's what we teach. That's what we tell. That's We have to walk our talk. And we fell at it, speaking for myself, I fell at it all the time where I'm supposed to be balancing better with this and I've messed up with that. You know, we're constantly working it out and retweaking our own customized balance system because it is a custom fit. But when I hear people say that I'm too focused on building to balance, that throws me off and it reminds me of our money mindset. So you work with a lot of sales trainers, corporate people, professional people, and entrepreneurs who obviously are very focused on building their legacies, making sure their accounts are not on empty, and paying their bills. Is that something that comes up on your end of the spectrum as well when it comes to trying to help people with their time management and goal setting? You know, it's interesting. Sometimes time management is a catch-22. Sometimes you have to take a step back to take a step forward. And people think you always have to be pushing even harder and harder forward. Um, one of the things that I would love to institute, and I mean, a few companies have, is just taking a nap. You know, it's amazing. You know, uh, Thomas Edison used to take naps. Um, I know almost anybody who's a parent, if you said, hey, <laughs> You know, you could lie down at two thirty, and but that's—it's amazing how you recharge. You come back refreshed, and you have more energy, and you're a better able to focus, so that you can get more done. So they always think that it's like a linear line that, like, I just have to keep plowing through this, and it, it doesn't. You know, you, you have to work to get through that mindset, and and once somebody can get through that mindset, then they're very open. To whatever you suggest because now they can see like oh okay i can see how this works you know because you know somebody who's like an a-type personality you know they're not going to be thinking i don't have time to you know that, that all sounds great i don't have time to take a walk around the building mm-hmm. you know for five minutes mm-hmm. i'm busy you know i don't have time to you know go sit in the cafeteria or find a quiet space and eat my lunch you know but you might be a little less busy because you'd be at a higher percentage of your ability, your capacity to work, if you did these things. But, you know, some people, they get it. Other people, it's really hard. Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, some people get it when they're in a a moment of crisis, which is a, a great opportunity for change. You know, crisis is horrible. Nobody wants to be in it, but it is a prime opportunity for change. And some people have to go through some kind of physical or health-related issue for them to get it, either for directly for themselves or for someone really extremely close to them. Um, or they're hit with some something else that puts them in a mode of crisis. Sometimes it's a career change or not no longer being tied or tethered to that organization that they were so busy working with. Now they don't feel like they have an identity because they're like, 
I don't have anything to be so busy with. And it drives them insane. Um, and then they start to deal with all those things they were distracting themselves from. Um, to your point, Darren Hardy, um, who's the publisher of Success Magazine, who I like a ton. We can't wait to have Darren on the balance beam. He talks a lot about 90-minute um, jam sessions. Um, sometimes he calls them power jams. Sometimes he calls them jam sessions, but it's the same thing. Um, and he talks about that 90-minute jam session, not so much for napping, which I am a big proponent of napping. I nap at least three times a week. It's really important for my body, for refueling, recharging, resetting, um, all the things that I need to do to renew myself. But he says it from a work perspective. If you are working on whatever your vital function is, those things that no one else can do the way that you do them and be effective with impacting your organization or your business in that way. For me, I'm a speaker first. Everything else for me is by default. I'm an author by default. I had to make sure other people could get my message that couldn't hear me, so we wrote a book. Um, podcasting is a way for me to be a, use my voice as a conduit over the airwaves beyond being on the platform. So everything else, even my business, everything else is by default of my anointed gift, which is my vital function. No one can do it the way that I do it. Um, in the way that I do it. Not that there aren't other experts in my area, but in the way that I do it. And he talks about having 90 minutes where you can do that two or three times a day based on what your to-do list looks like, where you just zone in and focus on your craft, whatever that is. And if you can do that, depending on, again, where you are in life, your profession, your position, you can dominate across the board. So if you are a CFO working on a, in a corporation and you have, you know, the books to go through, supervisory meetings, all these other kind of tasks that are not, they are essential to your job, but they are not part of your vital function. Technically, they can be outsourced to a comptroller, to a bookkeeper, to payroll. There's other places that they could put. Your job wouldn't fall apart if you weren't there to do it. You have to really look at what your vital function is and do it in these 90-minute kind of zoning, power jam, focus sessions. And we tried it over here at ThinkPro maybe about a year ago. Um, we tried it for about four months straight. And it was amazing. Um, we didn't do three of them in a day. Sometimes I would only do one. But it was really amazing to just reset my mind to literally set a timer for 90 minutes. And it, when it went off, I had to stop. It didn't matter how awesome uh, you know, of a rhythm I was in. I had to stop everything and take a pause for somewhere between 15 and 30 minutes before I would restart the next round or the next part of my day. Um, which was really important. Do you recommend things like that to your clients as well, Mark? Well, I would love to get a lot of clients implemented on time. Um, now, depending on the business, you know, but maybe you even take like an hour, or let's say nine to 10, where you don't have any meetings, you don't call each other, you don't send emails, you don't check emails. You know, you just work on, on the project that you work on. You know, you just have that one hour where everybody can just focus 100% without worrying about interruptions, somebody knocking on the door. So, yeah, I think that's a great technique. It's hard to get companies to buy into that. And not every you know, can do that in a company. But, uh, yeah, get those down times where you don't have to worry about, like, interruptions and emails and meetings. And you can just focus on you know, what it is, you know, you need to do. You know, that most important job function that drives the business while you're on the payroll. 
Absolutely. I think that's an excellent idea. As you, I'm very visual, so I had a vision when you mentioned it of someone having like a, a laminated card that just says in the zone on their door um, or on the outside. You know, I know not everyone has a private office, so they may share space or be in a larger room kind of cubby or pod style. But if you could just put some kind of tent card or something that you tack on the outside of the cubby that says in the zone. And that means for anyone walking by that wanted to invite you to lunch or drop off something on your desk that they know that that's not the time. They have to keep going because you're in the zone for whatever, like you said, 45 minutes, an hour. Darren recommends 90 minutes, whatever it is that you're in the zone for. I do believe companies would buy into that because they have their own, depending on the type of corporation, they have their own spinoff of what they do for their leaders. So why not allow your employees who are putting in 80% of the effort to really have those in the zone moments. They may not get three of them in a day. And I understand that based on, you know, the caliber of the corporation and the type of work that they may have to do. They may have to be available to customers. You can't say I'm in the zone. I'm not going to let you into the bank today. You know, I totally get that. But having those moments, I think that would be a powerful idea, actually. Yeah, but you need to people that this really is in their best interest because like you were saying before the colleges you know you've been taught a different way um and on the surface yeah i mean multitasking doing two things at once would seem to be quicker and to realize how how many more mistakes you make and it's um so the, the science behind it you just have to get people to understand that Instead of just the, you know, well, this is how we've always done it, and it seems to make sense. No, that makes sense on every level. So speaking of making sense and getting in the zone, what do you do when you want to go away so you can kind of deprogram yourself and refuel and recharge yourself? Do you have a favorite place to stay? Um, one place I like to go is the movies. Um, if I'm feeling particularly like, uh, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a bit fried, uh, even a bad movie, you know what, for two hours, you sit there, you have the overpriced popcorn, I know, it's really expensive, you know, to go to a movie, but I, I have the popcorn, the soda, and for two hours, I just veg out, you know, and even in a bad movie, I'll just lose myself, and then a lot of times I find, okay, phew, I'm... I, I come out of the theater, okay, I, 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 for two hours I haven't thought about anything other than this movie, and I find personally, you know, that recharges me. You know, for anybody, I mean, you can go for a walk, you can work in the garden, you can read a book, take a nap, you know, whatever you enjoy. I, for me, it happens to be just going to see a movie. No, that's pretty awesome. My accountability partner is the same way, actually. She has two little ones. And she will definitely, in a heartbeat, she will tell her husband, come get the kids. I'm going to the movie. <laughs> and it's, it's a pretty amazing. And at first, that always shook me as odd. Like, really? Like, you're just going to go to the movies by yourself? But she's like, it's the most peaceful thing ever. Every, you're surrounded by people who aren't trying to get at you for anything, to absorb any of your, your light and your energy. You can just kind of sink and just, like you said, it could be a bad movie, but it's just having that 
hour and a half or, or two hours away, which is pretty awesome. I will give you a little um, a hint tip. You may already do this with your family, but I'm not shy to say it. I'm a mama and I was a young mama, so I'm always going to be frugal to the day that I leave this planet. We will stop at a five and below family dollar, dollar tree, whatever it is that may you know be on your part of the reservation, a Wawa if you're in the southern parts of America. Uh, we'll stop and we'll get like our little candies and stuff from there. But we will still purchase, obviously, our ticket. And we typically purchase at least one thing from the concession stand because that's where they make the bulk of their money. But I'm not paying $5 for a dollar box of milk duds. That's not happening. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll admit, we, we sneak the food in. But when I go myself, I, I, do, I, I treat myself. But uh, yes, with, the, with three kids, it can get quite expensive. At the concession stand. Absolutely. Oh, yeah, a small loan to go see Minions. Yeah, like, did I really just have to not pay the electric bill to take you to the movies? Like, what kind of nonsense is this? (laughs) Oh, Mark, you are awesome. This is going to be exciting. I'm glad you were here. I look forward to seeing you at the Healthier You Conference. By the time this airs, that will have probably just passed us, but it's still exciting nonetheless. I'll have the opportunity to see you in person right in Pennsylvania, which will be awesome. Tell everyone how they can connect with you. Uh, well, they can connect with me uh, through my website. Uh, it's marksordos.com. Uh, that's C-S-O-R-D-O-S. And that's the best way to find out uh, if I'm doing any local speaking events that are open to the public. Um, all my books are there, so that you, there's a link that you can go on Amazon and get any of the books that you might be interested in. Or just shoot me off an email and ask me a question. That is super awesome. Do you have a favorite like social media platform where people can engage with you as well? I like LinkedIn. Okay. Because people are there just for well, they're supposed to be there for just business. So I do a lot of connecting and a lot of contacting on LinkedIn. That's awesome. So for all Balanced Beamers who are listening, if you connect with Mark Sordos on LinkedIn, make sure you customize that message that says, how do you know this person? Make sure you say, I heard you on the Balance Beam. And I'm sure he won't like totally deny your... <laughs> your connection because he knows that you actually heard him speak somewhere so i'm really grateful for that mark thank you so much for being on the balance beam and sharing your expertise and your awesomeness with us we really appreciate it well i appreciate you having me thank you very much you're welcome you don't go anywhere stay right there balance beamers you know the drill stay tuned because we have more tools for you to infuse so yeah, so we're planning a huge health conference, October 10th, save the date, it's a full day conference, and we're really, um, the purpose of the conference is to really get people to make small changes in their life now, so just small things, you just have to do something now, um, so that you can see the difference, and you can see the payoffs in 10, 20, or 30 years from now, when it's time to retire. I used to work in long-term care, and I was I, I, I was responsible for traveling to different like nursing homes in the area where I had to do chart reviews and check on the medications that all the residents were on. And I was shocked at the number of people who would spend the rest of their lives in nursing homes who were in their 50s and their 60s and their 70s just because they 
had had a heart attack previously or a stroke previously. And those things for most of us are completely preventable. That means we could do something about it. We can change the course that we're on. And so the conference is to really inspire people, empower people, give them the knowledge, the tools, everything that they need to make small changes now so that it'll pay off and they can actually enjoy their retirement um, down the road. So we're doing a lot of hands-on workshops. We're bringing in some great speakers. We have an awesome keynote uh, speaker, hands-on uh, cooking demonstrations and fitness demonstrations. It's, it's going to be an awesome, awesome event. So we're really looking forward to that.